0: and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us, and enjoy today's show. Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, this is
1: the place, this is the place where you want to be. If you are a leader who wants to become the best that you can be, if you are a a person who's aspiring to leadership, this is the place to be. This is about leaders, developing leaders, helping you to become the very best that you can be in how you lead, bringing out your best, helping you to get rid of the tripping and the stumbling that you may do it from time to time, self-sabotage, you know, we all know what that's about. And then the areas that you're just not very good at, how do we kick that in the rear and get it going so that it's not holding you back? Tonight, ACT and cultural transformation is just exactly what we're talking about. We are talking about leaders who know how to communicate, and that's the key word communicate to their teams in such a way that it builds individuals, it builds the team itself, it helps to put the, the team in a perspective of what the world is all about, their place in it, in such a way that it actually creates momentum, belief, and, and a connection with one another. So this is what we're going to be doing tonight. Do you, as a leader, as you communicate, do you build teams or do you tear them down? That's what it's about. Here tonight with my partner, Rich Barron. We also got a special guest tonight, Ronnie Shoemaker. We're glad to have him tonight. We're going to be talking about this topic. It's a hot topic, and it's a
0: fast-moving topic. So, Rich, open it up for us. Communication is one of the biggest, most important skills you can have as a leader. It is absolutely imperative that you understand you know, that you are effectively conveying the message to everybody who needs to hear it. And a lot of times that simply doesn't happen. You, you know, there's a lot of things that are missed. And so what are some of those, those clues that you may be missing out on, you know, the bigger picture or your, the people simply do not get your message. You know what? Are, uh, and especially if you know you're an organizational leader, what are some of those those clues that you may be missing and the ways that you can correct that? Ronnie, I know you have been a, a leader, executive leader and uh, still working with executive leadership teams. What do you how do you feel about this? You
2: know, I, I think the danger comes in the leadership of being uh, my team needs to understand what I'm saying. And it's their responsibility to, to get it. Where it's really the other side, it's 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 the other direction. The leader has the responsibility, in my opinion, and my experience, the leader has the responsibility to make sure he's communicating, he or she is communicating properly, so that his or her entire team understand what's go, what the the point of the communication is. It's the leader's job to get the message across, and for his team to accepted it. it's not the team's job in my opinion to to make sure they hear what the what the leader says if it
1: yeah that makes great sense so there is this interesting thing that uh, Stephen R. covey talked about when he said you know first seek to understand before being understood so when you take a look at, a little bit deeper dive on that is is it just that you have to find the exact right words you have to to find the right kind of phrasing, the right kind of pausing, the right kind of attitude? Is it all this kind of technical stuff or really what it gets down to it, and it really, really gets down to it? Is it something much simpler, but in some ways harder like oh, relationship?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Michael. That's exactly the word I was getting ready to use. It's, it's all about building the relationships. If, if the, the leader has to take the time, put forth the effort. To build the relationship, individual relationships with each of the team, you build that relationship, and not only will communication become much easier to accept and understand, but just the the entire workday and the workflow will become much easier to to accept and understand.
1: So then, what do we do? How do we start building relationship? How do we? I think one of the paradigms. Let's just kind of delve in this. I'm going to give you a little quote here from Ken Blanchard, and it's a wonderful quote. You probably heard it before. It's called. It, it goes this way. None of us is as smart as all of us. So if you're one of those leaders that kind of thinks, you know, I got the, you know, it's on the door. I got the, the parking place. Everybody sees me on the chart. If you're coming from that place, like I'm the one who knows it all, kind of like what you're talking about there, Ronnie, and you give that up and you start realizing, Wait a minute, I got a great team here that's talented, that's smart, that's experienced, that that is motivated at some level to show up here. I start drawing on that. Maybe something different is going to happen. So you're working in a situation right now, Rich, where you're seeing this transformation with the group that you're working with right now. You're seeing a load of motivation. They weren't very connected. They're working on their own silos. What is it you have been doing to start breaking the silos down, getting the relationship bridges created, and working so that people are going back and forth and
0: actually talking, listening, paying attention, and being a part of? You know the most important thing is is was giving them a platform to communicate in, um, breaking down those silos and you know they were had all these separate meetings you know meetings for this group meetings for that group and they were all discussing basically the same thing but they were not communicating uh, across you know the table if you will um, and so we broke down those those barriers by eliminating all these separate individual meetings that were taking place and combine them into one cross-functional team that now we can start to talk across the board uh we can we can talk about the issues that we're all having and how they're impacting each one of us how and as a group how do we solve those problems together you know the most interesting thing about teams is they're made up of individuals and so when you consider that you know, you not only have to communicate to the team as a whole, you need to be able to communicate individually uh, to each one of these team members and understand what really makes them tick and where their, their specialties lie, how they're going to impact the team as a whole. And so if you take the time to get to know the individual and really treat them as an individual, call them by name, learn about what makes them tick and what special skills, talents abilities they have that are really going to impact that team as a whole. That's where, you know, the trick lies. That's where a lot of this, you know, communication barriers get broken down. And so that's one of the things that that you spend time getting to know people. You spend time outside of that team environment and work, you know, just on a one-on-one environment, getting to know them and let them know how important they are to the greater picture. That's excellent.
1: There's there's something the leaders do that sabotages them. And yet if they just took that same principle and they spread it across the the entire team, magic would start to happen. And that's what, let me tell you what it is. When a leader gets a small group and just kind of focuses on that small group, let's say that the team is made of 25 people. Okay. 25 people. And that leader pulls in five people and they have a, some sort of meeting or some sort of discussion. It's just the, the leader in that, that group of five. That, that team, that the part of the team feels kind of special. They feel like this is something good. I've been selected out. It feel, feels really great. But the other 20 people, they feel disowned. They feel like right. they're out of the loop. Now, if they just did this one thing, and, and I'd like you to talk about this, Ronnie. If they did that now with, the say there's five groups of five, if that leader did this same thing, with group one, and now did it with group two, three, and four, and five, talking to them in small groups, what would happen? How would it change the dynamics?
2: It, it, everybody would feel included. It would be an all-inclusive conversation, uh, as, long, as long as the leader's communicating the same message to all five groups. It shows that they're important. Uh, I guess the concern would be if if you want to look at what could possibly be a negative about it is, is he telling our group the same thing he's telling the other four groups? Uh, but, but to inc- keep everybody included, a smaller group would be more intimate. If, 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 I can use that word, it allows for more detailed discussion. If there's five of you sitting around the table versus 25, a group of 25 may intimidate some folks to not want to speak up Where a smaller group of five, May give may give them the more freedom and more relaxed for them to to express their opinion whether it's agreed or disagreed with with, with the leader. So I see that in breaking up in smaller groups as, as being able a positive toward building those relationships and opening them up for better communication.
1: And, and of course, you're going to want to deliver that same message because once they get out of that meeting, they're going to go talk to everybody else, oh, right? Absolutely, that's what's it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the dynamic that Rich talked about, you know, the one-on-ones, then there's a smaller group meeting. Then when you bring them all together and now you're sharing that conversation with everybody because you've had the one-on-ones, you've had the smaller group. And now that you share this the meeting together with everyone, haven't you really done a marvelous thing in terms of creating greater connections? Yes. So when people do show up in that larger team meeting, they have that individual connection, they have the smaller group connection. You've already done the background and the building of relationship Mm -hmm. to bring them in so that they now have the sense of real team, one team. There's a greater sense of cohesion about it, especially if the message is the same, would that be true?
2: Oh, I think so. I think so. The consistent message in the the buy-in from everybody because you've shown them as the leader, some individual attention and desire to hear from them individually makes the entire group stronger.
1: Yeah. What happens when we start moving this out of this kind of formal setting into a more, and you, you kind of re- inferred it here, uh, Rich, you know, getting to really know them, we move it out of the formal setting of business and we start creating a more informal, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit easier. Yeah. When we start think doing things like bringing in food bringing or people taking out people to a place of a restaurant and really this sort of social connection. I mean, you start doing that kind of stuff with people, all sorts of brain chemicals start going up. you know, about, you know, connecting and the tribe and here we are, or we're celebrating. Oftentimes leaders don't think of that. They just kind of stick with themselves and they go out to dinner, but they're not, here's this great group of people. Why not bring them in? I mean, what do you think about that? Doing things that are more social, In a way, and I ask you, more social. And do you go more social when you get things right, or do you go more social when things go wrong?
0: Both. Both get out. You know, there's a lot of a lot to be said about what uh, Ronnie said. That sometimes you're going to get people who don't want to talk. They're afraid to talk. They're afraid to open up. And a lot of that is because of maybe the workplace or they may have had a bad experience in a group like this where you know there were no ground rules set down before that you know maybe they were put down about some of the ideas they had or comments they had but if you can get them outside of the walls uh, if you will or the confines of maybe the the boardroom or or the building itself and get out to a different uh, a more relaxed atmosphere and get to know people a little bit better you know, they're going to they're going to open up. They're going to see that, hey, you know, there's more to this team than just sitting around a, a conference room table, you know, once a week or something like that or every morning. You know, let's get out and spend some time and and, and talk and, you know, break some bread and, you know, whatever that's going to be. But just, you know, break down those those barriers of just being within the work. What workplace? One other thing too, and I, I just mentioned this, is setting ground rules over communication first it is so important um, to getting everybody to be included in in the conversation or be be part of the team. You know, there's no such thing as bad ideas, or there's no such you know thing as a bad question. Anything like that. There's no you know belittling each other. There's no that can have a, a, a devastating effect to any team environment. So it's it's important, you know, those r- rules of engagement that we talk about when we work with with coaching clients. The same thing, you know, those rules of engagement need to be laid down, you know, beforehand with teamwork and and you know communication and and you know some barriers that we need to to talk about. Yeah, the sense of mutual
1: respect. This idea of treating each other well, this idea of being willing to listen, even when it's difficult. I got another quote here that goes, feeds into that very much so. And it's by Lee Lee Iacocca. We all remember Lee Iacocca. People that are younger may not have ever heard of, but an incredible leader. He's the guy that actually designed um, the Mustang for Ford. He's that guy. Ford's Mustang, Lee Iacocca. You can thank him. It's this I always found that the speed of the boss is the speed of the team. Now, isn't that an interesting one? Bosses, leaders, if you want your team to change, don't look to them. That may happen occasionally, but it's usually you that everybody else is looking to. So how fast do you want change? How fast do you want to build those connections, those relationships, those communication skills that actually enliven and enrich and create greater sense of of unity and, and alignment with your team, it's going to be up to you. You're going to have to do that. So let me ask you this, Ronnie, have you seen situations where the speed of the boss is like, you know, the turtle or eHOR, and it really needed to be, you know, let's pick this up. And what Same happens the when they don't do that?
2: Well, we, you all have talked about it here in, 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 in many places, but the leader leads the speed of the team. The leader leads the culture development the yep. type of culture we have. There's a lot of pressure on the leaders, but when it comes to the leader sets the pace, that's absolutely true. And the leader can either be uh, the, tor- the, 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 the hair that runs really fast, but then runs out of gas because he keeps resetting sight on the next goal, the next goal, winning, winning, getting it done, getting it done, where the, the tortoise strategy, nice and smooth, Finishes the project, gets it done properly, and brings the team with him. A good leader's got to find that mix because he's also got to rely on the team and make sure he's got members on his team that will continue to push him forward and not just take a step back. Uh, that I
1: was wondering why they didn't have a horse in the race. I would have bet on the horse.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, That's I, the I think I, I, the leader's going to lead, but I think he's got to give his team. The freedom to help push him, and use their talents to help continue to move that that team forward. You know, one Dude. one of the, one Dude. of the things that I'm going to backtrack just real quick about Rich and communication. One of the things I think that that COVID is, has as hurt in in Zooming, in in Teams or whatever we're doing technology wise, and people working from home is taking away that opportunity for the leader to stop in each individual's. Office, work cube, whatever, and say, "Hey, Rich, how you doing today?" Right. Or, "Hey, Michael, what do you think about this strategy?" Because you don't zoom in with somebody; you schedule the Zoom. It, you know, you got to get it on your calendar. And I think that takes away, again, that personal relationship building opportunity when you just can't drop in somebody's office with a cup of coffee and spend five minutes talking about the weekend, the family, whatever. So leaders need to find. In, in order, in my opinion, in order to keep that communication going uh, strongly, they need to find other ways to be able to communicate with their staff in spite of the drawbacks or the limitations that COVID's presenting us.
1: That's excellent. Let's take away maybe approach a little bit of an approach that these leaders can take away. Oftentimes, when there's um, it's one of those critical conversations that are that's uncomfortable. What happens is that it can be kind of like a selecting out, a you know, a sorting out. A, you know, you're over here and you're not doing what it is that you should be doing. So it's a it's a process that that individual feels isolated. Mm -hmm. And in Daniel Coyle's book, the the culture uh, the culture code, he points out some things that are really good. And the message instead of there's something that you did wrong, and you screwed up, or you screwed up again. The message is is more along along this line, you know, you're a part of this group. And if you really take a look at this, if you ever watch like the horse whisperer or the dog whisperer, I mean, this is all mammal talk. It really is. It's all mammal talk. Yeah. You know, you're a part of this group. Number two, um, this is a special group. Yeah. You belong to a special group. This isn't not an average group or just a whatever group. This is a special group. And three, we believe that you can step up your performance of what it is that you're doing so that you really do feel like you fit in and you belong to this group. Those are completely different messages. Absolutely. And those I think those are critical messages because oftentimes in this world of data, you know, data is something and robotics and all that kind of stuff. It's machines have a precision to them. You know, that's precision. Human beings are incredibly just fallible. They just make mistakes. Yeah. We can never aspire to be machines. We can never aspire to be robots. I mean, if, if Bush, uh, bosses are pushing their, their people to become this perfect kind of a thing, you're going to discourage people. You're going to frazzle people. You're going to burn your people out. In fact, blow that whole thing off and say, you know, we are the mammals. We are people that we are part of this. A machine doesn't really know how to play and have fun. But mammals do. Yep. If you're a smart leader, recognize, you know, who we are. What, what what are we? Leaders. Your people are best when they feel like they're accepted, when there's a sense of play about it, and they're tackling difficult and serious problems. But it's okay to make mistakes. Yes. Let's own up to work because we're not robots. But if we learn how to deal with that and create resiliency in our individuals and resiliency in our teams, whew, yep. nothing's going to stop you. Yep. It's all
2: about building the relationships. It really is. All right, good.
1: Let's, uh, Ronnie. How do we get hold? Of, how do we get hold of Ronnie if we want to get a hold of him and
2: talk to this busy man that may have some great insights and helps for us
1: that we desperately need?
2: Well, my my website's right there. Thanks, Rich, for putting it on. You can also uh, all my contact information is there. My emails there. My cell phones there. Reach out to me through my website. We can schedule a complimentary coaching session. Be glad to uh, explore whatever interest you may have, needs for coaching, whether it's yourself within your company. Uh, I've got forty years of leadership experience. I'd love to be able to share some of what I've learned through failures and successes with with, with you all that are out there listening.
1: All right, outstanding. Thank you again for being on our podcast tonight, Ronnie. Always a my pleasure. Is pleasure always all right. Rich, take us home.
0: Thank you. Once again, I just wanted to say uh, real quick that when you communicate like you just with the thing that you just talked about, Michael, and kind of a, a, a parting shot here, you create a very safe environment for people to give effort. People to come in and give the best possible effort they can when you create an environment that you're part of a special group. And so remember that. You want to be part of that special group, create that special group for them. And that's, that's one of the, the biggest takeaways, uh, you know, communication, communicate clearly, communicate often over communicate. Cause sometimes you don't realize that they want more. You might think you're done, but you're, they, they need more.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, that's, if that's any takeaway from tonight, Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoyed the, this message. And again, reach out to us. Uh, reach out to Ronnie. Reach out to Michael or myself. ExecutiveLeadersActILec.com. And let's schedule some time. Let's talk. Let's let's figure out what's what uh, what's making you tick and how we can we can help that uh, improve.
1: All right, and a shout out today to those folks that watch us in Ashburn, Virginia. Good going. Ashburn, Virginia.
0: Ashburn, Virginia. Virginia.
1: Spread the word,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and don't get caught on I ninety five.
2: Yes, And if you
0: do, we got a lot of podcasts you can listen. Yeah, to. yeah. You can
2: Just watch. dial up the, dial up the, go to YouTube and watch the podcast. <laughs>
0: That's right. It'll be pure joy in the rough
2: weather you're having. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. So take, take care, everyone. Have a good night. Uh, we'll see you again next time. All right. All the best, folks. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.